Uh, hi, Brett. I just wanted to say that I'm glad you're posting frequently again, and maybe an idea for a video you could do, like, a sort of a vlog, like, what if you went to, or, no, 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 what if you started a recipe, like, if you have any keen family recipes that you'd like to share with the rest of the world, I think that could be an interesting idea. All right. Have a good night. God bless. Hey, so I heard people want some keen recipes. Well, I don't know if this is necessarily a recipe, but I'll tell you guys what I put in my meat whenever I grill. My family really loves me when I grill. Well, they love my food, not necessarily me. <laughs> Anyway, when I do a wet marinade on my for my steaks, I like to put some Worcestershire sauce, a little olive oil, salt, white pepper, sage, onion powder, garlic powder, and I'll either put in some applewood seasoning or mesquite seasoning. I'll let that all marinate, cover it up, and let it just soak in there and all those wonderful yummy juices. And then uh, when I do the burger, I make mm, about an inch thick, about four inches round, so a good quarter-pound burger. Um, let's see. Usually my seasonings consist of the same thing, you know, sage, salt, white pepper, and onion powder, garlic powder. And then if I put the applewood in the steak, then I'll use mesquite in the burger. If I use skeet in the steak, I'll use apple in the burger. And then I form the burgers. I let them sit covered for a little while. Go get my grill going. I like to use a charcoal grill. Something about the flame-kissed meat is, is delicious to me. Now, I can see using, you know, gas if we're in a very windy place. But here in the Missouri area, it doesn't get quite that windy all the time. It's not where we are. Today was Christmas, so, of course, I grilled. It was like 60 degrees outside. Why not? Anyway, that's something I like to do, and then we'll do our vegetables. Today we did uh, wonderful green beans. A little salt, a little pepper, a little butter. Easy, simple, delicious. Sometimes I like to cook them up with some bacon. Throw some onion in there. Oh, yes. We eat very well. Delicious food. Well, I'll call in again later, another time, with something else that uh, Mama Keen likes to cook up. Bye. My family creates music, art, and books. Please support us and check it all out. Links are in the description. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Brett Keen from God TV Radio. I hope you're all having a wonderful and blessed day. As many of you probably heard by now, if you're interested in Spider-Man Universe, uh, they have recently um, put forth a movie with Tom Holland about the multiverse with Doctor Strange and several of the villains from spanning from all the different older Spider-Man movies ended up coming into play. And one of the other great things is that 
all the Spider-Mans, including Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire, ended up showing up in the film. Well, because it was such a success and people responded so highly of Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield's performance, obviously everyone loves Tom Holland, but because of the older versions of Spider-Man, a great deal of multitudes of people, a massive amount of people have requested that Tobey Maguire, as well as Andrew Garfield, get another opportunity or a role as Spider-Man, whether they get to participate with Tom Holland in the multiverse or be able to get their own movies. Well, apparently Sony and Disney ended up working out some kind of deal in the Marvel Universe to allow them to have their own um, multiverse movie where they do their own thing. And, of course, that would also mean that they may have the opportunity to show up in later flicks. Now, from what I remember about uh, Tobey Maguire, his first two movies were extreme success. Um, They were done by Sam Raimi, the same guy who made Xena Warrior Princess and Hercules. And one of the reasons why I think his superhero movie or adaptation of Spider-Man turned out so good is Sam Raimi is good at building a character. I mean, just take a look at, like, Xena Warrior Princess. This was originally an enemy of Hercules, an enemy of Yolus, his partner that he ran around with. Xena was considered a murderer, a killer, a terrible person, but then she wanted to redeem herself. She goes through different experiences in her uh, existence. An entire television show is created about her. And you find out that she's not as evil and terrible as you would think. That she is looking to not only find forgiveness for the people around her, but also to be able to forgive herself for some of the experiences she was in. Xena started out as a... um, a character that seemed very shallow at first to someone who was supposed to be in there, but Sam Raimi ended up really building her into one of the most powerful, strongest uh, feminist characters that you could ever have. And those were the days where they weren't pushing political agendas. It was more about just simply writing a good story and not trying to force diversity and feminism and all kinds of garbage arness. Men as well as women loved the shit out of Xena Warrior Princess and her partner Gabriel. And of course, we all loved Kevin Sorbo portraying his version of Hercules. <clears throat> Probably the best that there ever was. And he ended up making Spider-Man with Tobey Maguire. And Tobey Maguire, just by looking at him, you can tell... According to a lot of things that I've read, Tobey Maguire wasn't even the first idea that they had as playing Peter Parker, who would, of course, eventually become Spider-Man. They didn't like the idea of doing a character where it was more about Peter Parker than it was about Spider-Man and his heroics. But Sam Raimi, being that he also constructed the Evil Dead series with Bruce Campbell, one of my favorite actors, as well as his character Ash in the Evil Dead and Army of Darkness series, he would uh, go on to being very successful with any work that he did with Sam Raimi. Bruce Campbell's played in other parts. He ended up playing uh, the thief in Xena Warrior Princess, but I think that most people would admit his character was kind of annoying and didn't really fit the part of 
what we were looking for from Bruce. I mean, he had all the arrogance and the, the, you know, the ignorant quotes and comments and all that, but it just didn't feel like the Bruce Campbell we had from the evil dead. I think, unfortunately, Bruce got himself stereotyped and, uh, any movies or shows that he would play in later, you would always see that Ash character and expect him to say hill to the king, baby, or groovy. Who knows? It's not that he's a bad actor or anything like that. It's just people got used to what he was about and what he originally got built up for. So Tobey Maguire, he ends up playing the part. And Sam Raimi spent a lot of time in the movie building who Peter Parker was, what his dreams and ambitions were. They showed a vulnerable kid who had a lot of issues going on, who was trying to live his life dealing with death and pain and suffering that all humans deal with. And uh, Tobey Maguire ends up going on to a second movie where a person who he considered his friend is unfortunately altered through a science experiment, which is usually the routine way to make a villain in the Marvel Universe, apparently. And um, there's just something about having it to where your friend turns on you and tries to destroy you and all that and you don't you pull your punches and all this kind of stuff you don't want to kill the person you don't want to hurt them and of course in the first one he took on uh green goblin who also was another person that peter parker respected and cared about along with the fact that his best friend just so happened to be the son of this guy then the third movie comes along, and I believe that's whenever the son finds out who Spider-Man is. We find out, you know, he finds out that his father was killed in an accident between his battle with Spider-Man, and they went that route. Unfortunately, they made huge mistakes in the third movie where they were trying to slam too many villains in, and they didn't spend enough time building who these villains were like they did the first and second movie. And people didn't respond as well or engage the movie as well. Marvel's made this mistake where if they hit gold with a movie and then the sequel turns out good, sometimes if the first movie blows up, they decide that they want to throw the character in with a group of other superheroes, almost as if their very role in the movie is not to have that moment where you're building anything they build something and then they throw it in with a bunch of other characters and figure that since people are into comic books and cartoons, that they're just going to immediately like gravitate towards the other characters that uh, one built character is into. That's what they did with Iron Man, Tony Stark. They did that with Robert Downey Jr. They built him up in the Iron Man movie and then they started throwing him in with other characters and started making us go, huh, who's this Thor guy? Who's this character? Who's that? The problem with making movies like that is the only audience that you're going to hit is the people who are into comic books. And people who are into comic books majorly are very religious about um, how they, who they think should play the character if it were to ever be in a movie. And they also care about not only the superhero part of it, but they care about the, the character itself. And kind of like the same way women enjoy soap operas. They like to see who the character is. They want to know who the person is. And then you bring the damn drama, not 
you know, before kind of deal. It's, it's like this, ladies and gentlemen. If you make a superhero movie or any kind of movie involving a hero, if you just throw them into the mix and then you start killing out their family members or uh, causing them damage, if you don't know who the person is behind the mask, if you don't know what they've been through, then you have no investment on, you know, if they get hurt or they get killed or they suffer some kind of tragedy. That's the reason why a movie like Rocky Balboa worked out so good. You get to see a guy who's not super intelligent, but he's got a big heart. He wants to help people. He's a caring guy. He just so happens to believe and is convinced the only way he can make money or get any kind of credibility is if he gets in the ring with men who are much more superior than him, men that he actually glorifies and idolizes and manages to last a couple rounds. You got to have to, in order to have a good hero, you have to have good villains. You have to have a good buildup, a good story about who the person is. And then whenever you introduce them to the villain, the villain has to have a backstory too. It has to have a buildup. You're wondering who this person is. A lot of people really, really get into the idea of, you know, the Joker isn't just some guy who cracks jokes and kills people. That there's more to him, that he's kind of a reluctant villain who didn't really want to be like that. That wasn't what he ever planned on doing. It just so happened that, like the superhero who got into a science experiment but chose to be morally good, some people, they end up giving up and they take a totally different direction. And they think that the only way that they're going to be able to get the attention or get the justice that they want is if they do it themselves. And it can you can easily go from being a hero to a villain, if you think about it, in this type of universe and the way life is. You may think that you're doing something right. You may think you're doing something good. You're going to notice when watching enemies of Marvel and DC, ex- ex- only the ones that are actually good films and good comic books, that... Any one of these bad guys could have ended up being a good guy superhero. They could have been more. The Joker, of course, and a lot of the characters of the Batman series didn't have, like, superpowers. So, I guess they figured they were just limited human beings and that chaos was the only way to power. Who knows? But besides Tobey Maguire... His third uh, movie introduced an actor who was attempting to play Venom. I believe it was the third one. It's hard to keep track of all these different superhero movies that have exploded in front of my face. Um, No one liked the actor who played Venom. It's not that he was a bad actor. It's just that there's just certain people don't fit a role. And Venom was kind of cheesy, as we're in the comic books. Venom was somebody that you didn't fuck with. He was like a really badass son of a bitch to be concerned about. Um, Tom Hardy has uh, managed to represent Venom better. And the character that he, his split personality or whatever you want to call it, of Venom, is much more darker and much more rough. Although Marvel is attempting to add some humor to the character for whatever reason. Venom was not really a funny guy in the in the comic books. He was more of a brutal, cookie-cutter, destroyer type of character, but yet he did have a backstory, and I think that's one of the reasons why people attached to him. So, 
after that movie kind of bombed because there was too much shit going on on the screen and not enough story build up, they felt like they'd done enough with Toby. The Spider-Man um, alternative of Toby Maguire ended up going down the shitter. And we never got to see Toby Maguire again. And we also, according to some reviews out there, as Toby Maguire was getting older, this is what rumors that you hear on the internet, I don't know for sure, but apparently Toby Maguire felt that since he was wearing a mask as Spider-Man, he shouldn't have to do all the stunts, that they should just CGI his ass all over the place because it was horrible for him to play the superhero. Why? Because when we're watching a movie, we watch an hour and a half or two hours of a film, and we don't realize that the guy who's playing Spider-Man sometimes has to hang upside down for eight fucking hours on a green screen in order to be able to do just a, a two-minute fucking scene. We don't realize the athletics and the running and the jumping and all this bullshit that's involved. These are actual human beings who are working in front of a green screen. They twist their ankles. They hurt themselves. Sometimes they're walking on tight ropes, and there's a lot of things that can go wrong. And uh, Toby McGuire was getting older, and I and according to the gossip and rumors of the internet, if you believe any of that bullshit, he wanted them to computerize Spider-Man. Since they already proved they could do that in some parts anyway, he figured, well, why not do that, and then I'll play the Peter Parker character. He was, when Tobey Maguire became Spider-Man, the reason why he enjoyed it was he enjoyed playing the human element of Spider-Man. He wasn't so much into playing the suited guy running around kicking ass and doing the fight scenes. It seemed like it was more about Peter. And I think that's the reason why he was so willing to be in this newest movie. Because if you watch, right, he spends 90% of the time in a normal outfit. It's not until the end where he puts on a Spider-Man suit and... And it's not until the action scenes where he puts on the hat and everything. And even after that, whenever they're all hugging and talking, he doesn't have the mask on. You get to see his eyes and his face and all that. So that was really cool. As far as Garfield goes, Andrew Garfield, from what I have seen in interviews and videos, he seems like he loves the character Spider-Man even more than Tom Holland does, as well as Tobey Maguire. This is a kid who grew up being a fan of Spider-Man. This is a kid all of his life where you didn't need to sit him down and have him do a great deal of research about Spider-Man because he already knew what Peter Parker was whenever he was 10 years old reading comic books and shit. This was a fan who was given the opportunity to be a part of something that he always dreamed he could be. And at that time, whenever he got offered the role of Spider-Man, he'd already seen everything Tobey Maguire did, as well as old shit. And he was just totally pumped. He was totally happy. But they put Andrew Garfield in a position where they didn't really want to give the Peter Parker character that much build. They were trying to do a remake instead of actually do something new with Spider-Man. And Andrew felt like he was being... He was basically playing a role in order for a corporate company to make money. And he constantly argued with them that he didn't think Peter Parker would do something like this. 
and they put him in a the place where they want Spider-Man to be more of a an angry, pissed-off kid who's angry because his girlfriend died and because he lost people. So now he's going more towards a villain type of character. Could you imagine being a a kid who loves Spider-Man and you're told you get to play the role, but you got to turn Spider-Man into a dickhead? That I don't know. That I I just think that that would be heartbreaking. So Garfield ended up making a movie. He went through with it, but he ended up portraying a young man who had a lot of feels. Uh, he cried, and he was very good at acting. He's an excellent actor, but Spider-Man didn't go what, like what he was hoping for. And then whenever they offered him another role, it turned out to be more the same. And he felt like because he was in a successful Spider-Man movie that he should have more say, but apparently they didn't. They fired his ass and sent him down a river. And then we ended up with Tom Holland, and we ended up with this huge franchise of the Avengers and all that. And Tom Holland has that look. He's got that nice kid type of thing going about him. He He's able to pull off a, a good chunk of Peter Parker, and he's also able to play a good Spider-Man. It's weird. Tobey Maguire was like the original start. And he was like the best Peter Parker, but Garfield was the best Spider-Man. And then you've got Tom Holland, who's like good at both things, but not as, how do I put it? Not as great at either part. Andrew and Garfield just filled it in. And it's impossible for Tom Holland really to cut out his own concept because spider-man's been done so many different ways it's kind of like batman we're all looking forward to the new batman but we're all like oh man when i remember when michael keaton's batman came out everybody was like michael keaton why put him as fucking bruce wayne that doesn't make sense but then he plays batman in a tim burton movie everybody loves him they go oh yeah he's perfect but they didn't want it at first they fucking hated it and then the Val Kilmer, he comes in and I got to admit, I didn't, I wasn't feeling Val Kilmer and I definitely was disappointed in George Clooney's performance. I felt like he was there for a fucking paycheck and that was it. Um, then Christian Bale comes along and we went back to our roots with Batman. We started getting out of all this glow in the dark bullshit, neon crap. And we started focusing on who is Bruce Wayne, how much is he actually sacrificing as the character, and we loved that guy. Well, now we got the motherfucker from Twilight Princess, this guy who sparkles as a vampire from Twilight, and we can tell just by the trailers that they're taking Batman very fucking seriously, and they're also making the villains actually scary and hardcore. The Riddler kind of got pussified by Jim Carrey's role. Even though Jim Carrey was funny, Jim Carrey wasn't playing the character of the fucking Riddler. He was playing Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey, anytime you see him in a movie or television show, you don't feel like you're watching like a character. You feel like you're watching Jim Carrey doing stand-up comedy with, with a different costume on. It's not that he's a bad actor, it's just he's got that fucking rubbery face and you just can't help to think Jim Carrey, not Riddler. 
But so Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire, they're being offered the opportunity to make new movies and probably be a part of the multiverse. Makes sense. Um, if you think about it, the Avengers have done everything that you possibly could with fucking superheroes. You got a big baddie who blinks a third of humanity out of existence. Where do you go from that point on after doing all these like buildups and then have Thanos? What do you do with that shit? Well, you're going to have to go into the multiverse to find enemies that are more darker and ignorant. <clears throat> it's pretty obvious that Marvel wants to do these big epic pictures with a lot of superheroes combined. And they're going to have to, if they're going to do this, they're going to have to do another five years or 10 years of buildup with like celestial fucking enemies, enemies that are not even from earth anymore, like Thanos, but something even worse. And I can't think of anything on earth that you could invent or create that could actually even come close to something like a Thanos character. So that's what I expect to happen. That's my prediction. I think it's great that Andrew Garfield gets another opportunity because I feel like Andrew Garfield, Spider-Man, Tobey Maguire, he kind of got to do, there was closure with him. We kind of just said, all right, the third movie kind of stunk, but we still loved the guy. We didn't, like, start hating him. In fact, people started making ridiculous fucking memes of him. But Garfield, it's like he only got a little bit of an opportunity to shine, and he didn't get to make Spider-Man shine the way he ever wanted to. It was sad. It was fucking sad to see a, a fan of Spider-Man be basically kicked to the curb and not get to do what he wanted to do. And in fact, the movie left us with a lot of questions. It left us with a lot of pain. And there was no redemption for Andrew Garfield. It wasn't until this new movie came along where he, as well as Tobey Maguire, star in it. And it's as if the multiverse gave both Spider-Mans, including Tom Holland, redemption and closure. One of the best parts in the movie, spoiler alert, <clears throat> is MJ of Tom Holland's verse ends up falling off of the Statue of Liberty and Tom Holland can't save her because he's getting fucking jacked by the, the Green Goblin and he's so distracted he's not able to save his own woman. And Gar uh, Mr. Garfield ends up flying to the rescue. And anybody that loved Andrew Garfield's version of Spider-Man knew <clears throat> that in his universe, unfortunately, he lost his girl. He wasn't the hero who ended up saving his girl at the end of the day. He did everything he could, but she died. And it was his life. And that's how his movies ended, where he lost everything he cared about. And we never got a follow-up movie where his life improves or gets better. We're just left with a Spider-Man who's been fucking utterly obliterated. It's horrible. But in this new movie, he's able to save the girl. It's not his girl, but it was like closure for him to do that. And the audience responded very, very well. And, of course, his acting was supreme. Tobey Maguire was supreme. Tom Holland did all that he did. <clears throat> and I like the idea that Tom Holland didn't have this massive fucking ego where he felt like he needed to be in every 
screenshot or whatever. And I like the fact that the other Spider-Mans were allowed to shine in his movie, even though Tom Holland is the Spider-Man that everybody is, you know, rooting for at this time. It would be kind of like a Henry Cavill movie and then CGI Christopher Reeves in it and have Christopher Reeves be like Luke Skywalker getting the shit beat out of him by Ray and then only let Henry Cavill shine. I'm tired of these movies where they make the older superheroes or older legacy heroes look like dog shit or kill them and then just leave them in shambles or like hermits who had nothing to offer completely drain their optimism as heroes. I hate that shit. So I'm excited. I'm excited to see what is going to happen in the Spider-Man universe. I'm excited that a fan of Spider-Man gets to return and shine in Tobey Maguire. Unless Marvel makes a big fucking mistake and decides they want to try to push the feminism bullshit, the the homosexual shit, the there's got to be the diversity and all this kind of stuff... Just make a movie like you did with the Spider-Man where you build the story. Just build the characters up and give them more. Don't try to just remake the shit. Give them more and just follow the story that we had to begin with. And that's where um, I stand, ladies and gentlemen. I think that Tom Holland, Tobey Maguire, and... Andrew Garfield have quite the fucking future ahead of them. And I would love to see this shit happen with like Batman too. <laughs> I would love to see Michael Keaton appear on the scene with um, Christian Bale and all these. Uh, Christian Bale's a little bit of a snobby fucker though. He doesn't seem like he wants to even have anything to do with Batman anymore. But I'd like to see that. I'd like to see more of my villains and more of my heroes having an actual story to them. <clears throat> well, have a wonderful day. My throat's getting dry. I hope you guys enjoyed the video. God bless. Don't forget to check out my Spotify, check out my music, my art, my books, all links in the description. Hello, this is Logan, all the way from Michigan. I just wanted to wish you a very Merry Christmas to you and your family, and I hope that you had a wonderful birthday. Um, the song I want to request if it's okay is called rise again sung by dallas holm and um i normally don't do so much christian music it's not so much my thing but i do like this one i think it's uplifting it kind of i don't know gives me the warm and fuzzies inside so anyways i hope everyone out there listening is having a great day and uh thank you brett have a good one <laughs>